Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> hey, right Thank on. Thank you, Chase. You too, my friend. Good morning, Bo. fan. This is Good Morning BT. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, Friday morning, Ty Boyd Studio. Tomorrow is the day, South Carolina primary. Bo and Beth here, and he's going to be in studio on Monday, but we wanted to get one last uh, conversation with Mick Mulvaney in before the day tomorrow because uh, I can't believe we're finally here. In, in some ways, it seems like, man, we're finally here. And in other ways, I can't believe we're here. Right. I mean, so. well, people have been campaigning for so long. I'm confused about what year it is and what election they're actually running in. Mick Mulvaney, <laughs> who uh, you hear, see him on News Nation. You, you see him in print everywhere. And uh, I, I got to know, uh, you know, 24 hours away, uh, any, any reason to think uh, anything different is going to happen than what we've been anticipating for a long time now? No. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Mick. We'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs> Great assessment. Uh, I'm not really sure what's happening, Bo. I honestly don't. I, I think back to a couple of weeks ago when Nikki Haley was on one of the Sunday shows. I think it was Meet the Press. And she gave what I thought was a really, really good interview, a really candid interview for a politician. In fact, it was such a candid, honest interview from a politician. I wrote a column about it for the Hill newspaper in Washington where she said, I feel like I need to do better in South Carolina than I did in New Hampshire. That was a really honest question. She lost New Hampshire by 11. The last polling I've seen down here, I'm in South Carolina, as you all know, just across the border here in, uh, in Lancaster County, is that she's losing someplace between 28 and 32 percent, by 28 to 32 percent. It's a huge number, let alone in your home state. So I'm not really sure why the dynamic changed from, I think I need to do better than I did in New Hampshire, to I'm staying in at all costs. That's what I'm trying to get my head around. Well, as a South Carolinian, as someone who has worked with Nikki Haley, why do you think that she has, uh, or, or that the former president has such a strong lead in the state that she was the executive of? A couple different things. It'll be different for different people. Obviously, we're going to probably, I don't know, maybe a million people might vote tomorrow. So it's going to be, the turnout should be pretty good. Um, it's going to be different for different people. But generally speaking, you've got to think that a lot of this just has to do with Donald Trump's popularity. Tim Scott was going to lose South Carolina, and nobody is more popular in this state um, than Tim Scott if he had stayed in the race. Of course, he dropped out early on. So for some people, it was probably disaffection with her. But for the majority of people, you know, you only get to vote for one. So you vote for your favorite, the best of the best in your mind, and that's Donald Trump. And it's not even close uh, down here south of the border. So we haven't talked to you since she made her what she called state of the presidential race speech, which was a little bit unusual to do at uh, high noon, you know, a few days before the primary. Uh, it sounded, if you listen to it, like it was like a, either a concession or a or a, a congratulations speech on the night uh, where the election actually happened. So uh, understandably, we may be having a different conversation on Monday when you're with us after we hear, you know, what she says, after whatever happens on on Saturday night. But I want to play you this from her speech a few days ago, uh, because it does talk about, and it clears up, uh, I guess, anybody who thought she was going to get out of the race, you know, at that moment. I'm used to people questioning my intentions, so I'll make a few things clear. Some people used to say I was running because I really wanted to be vice president. (laughs) I think I've pretty well settled that question. (laughs)
Other people say I'm trying to set up a future presidential run. How does that even work? If I was running for a bogus reason, I would have dropped out a long time ago. The rest of the fellas already did that. They have their own plans. I don't judge them. But I'm still here. I'm fighting for what I know is right. And I don't care what the party leaders and political elites want. I'll keep fighting until the American people close the door. That day is not today. And it won't be on Saturday. Not by a long shot. So, uh, first of all, what would you think of uh, the idea to uh, make that speech then? And also, do you believe what she says right there? Um, to your first question, anytime you can get cameras on you and get on national television as a candidate, it's a good idea, right? So it's, it's clearly a good idea to give a speech, well-marketed, well-handled, uh, well and she got some good coverage uh, of it. Do you believe – here's the issue with Nikki, um, is that, you know, originally she said – that she wasn't going to run against Donald Trump, and then that changed. And then last week, or a couple weeks ago, she said, you know, she had to do better in South Carolina, she's in New Hampshire, or else she'd be out of the race, and, and that has changed. Is that, I like what she said. I think she's right. I don't think she's running for vice president. I don't think she's running to run for 2028. If she's doing either of those things, she's doing it the exact worst way possible. My guess is this is the end of, a, of her political career, and she knows it. But there's still that, well, you know, the last couple of times you said something, it turned out not to be what you ended up doing. So you have to sort of take it with a giant grain of salt. I happen to think that what you just said is true. She's, she's given up on 2028. She can't stay relevant anyway. She's not going into, she's not going to be vice president for sure. I think we talked about that. As she sealed her fate on that when she went on Saturday Night Live. She's not running for vice president. She's probably not running for 2028 because you can't be the anti-Trump candidate and then run 2028 because you can't have your you can't be the one person he's against in 2028 win or lose this year right so i get all of that i think she's running to sort of become the anti-trump sort of voice um, she's going to be on she's probably the aside from condoleezza rice the most in-demand board member uh, out of any republican person in the entire country so she's going to make a ton of money off of this i mean life-changing kinds of money um but i i just so I think she's right. It's just you sort of wonder if, if this is the time she's right, as opposed to the last couple of times when it turned out she wasn't uh, she wasn't entirely straightforward. So here's the question. I mean, we've, of course, been talking about this this primary all week this week. And we got a message from one of our listeners, Tim, who suggested that she's staying in the race because of uh, Donald Trump's potential legal problems and, you know, whether or not he might be convicted. One of the cases that's not getting a ton of attention that people aren't talking a ton about is this one that starts at the end of March that has to do with the Stormy Daniels, um, you know, alleged hush money payments. And that one could be done within a six-week period. So, you know, by the middle of May, we may have a verdict that could end up with the former president going to jail, correct? If I'm if I'm if I'm right about that, and is she maybe looking at that because she sees a potential end goal there? I guess, but keep in mind, just because you're the only person who hasn't dropped out of the race officially, or at least suspended your race, doesn't mean you win. If Donald Trump is sitting in jail, keep it. Let's walk through how it works. We have these primaries so that you can win delegates. And those delegates are your people. In fact, you participated in, in, in picking your delegates. Um, so d- let's say that you go through, Donald Trump wins these elections on the couple Super Tuesdays coming up. He has more than enough delegates to become the nominee. 
but then he ends up magically in jail. You're correct. The March um, thing, I think, is the first criminal investigation. And let's say by some unforeseen, I, I just can't imagine him sitting in jail, but let's say he does that. That's a worst-case scenario. Are those delegates really going to vote for the anti-Trump candidate? Or are they going to vote for someone else? And do you think maybe Donald Trump is going to have some say in who they might vote for instead of him? And he might say, please go ahead and nominate me anyway, which they probably would. Um, even on the ballot, Beth, the ballot this week in South Carolina still has Ron DeSantis on it, still has Vivek Ramaswamy on it, still has Chris Christie on it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like all these people who have said, you know, I'm running, but now I'm not running, uh, are completely gone. They suspended their race. They can still be president of the United States just as just as likely as Nikki Haley can. So I've heard that theory, but there's and it's possible, but there's all sorts of holes in it that I don't think folks have sort of thought out. Do you think if if he does end up behind bars, even briefly, and he says that he wants the Republicans to still the delegates to still nominate him, does that hurt his chances in the general, just uh, with independents especially? Well, I think just going to jail would hurt his chances uh, generally. But I, I thought you were going to ask me the question, if he was sitting in jail, would he release his delegates to vote for somebody else? And the answer is absolutely not. Right, right. Well, I, I don't think anybody thinks yeah. he would do that, right? Exactly. So, I mean, he's going to be the Republican nominee. Uh, and there's not really any mechanism. Uh, we, we've been through this back in 2016 after the Access Hollywood tapes. He was the nominee. Then the tape came out. And the question went around, you know, could the Republicans replace him? And the answer is no. That, that they're really, there's, 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 that's, you can't do that. Um, and even if you had one particular person in mind that everybody in the party supported as opposed to him, you probably still couldn't do it. And that certainly doesn't exist here. So Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee for president, period, end of story, unless he's dead. That would be the only thing. It's hit by a meteorite. That's a different story. All right. Um, you'll... So, Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you'll be with us on Monday, and, and there's been a lot of talk about uh, if Nikki Haley, uh, could Nikki Haley be a third-party candidate? I'll save that for Monday, because we'll have a lot to react to, including uh, what she says after Saturday night, and Trump, and, and President Trump, too. Uh, you've got about uh, 16 uh, TV appearances this morning, so I'm going to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, see you, I'll see you on Monday. Thanks, y'all. All right, thanks. That's Mick Mulvaney, uh, longtime political analyst for us, and of course, a former chief of staff for President Trump, and uh, watching this thing like a hawk, and it is tomorrow. I can't believe believe it. I know. Here we are. And the next the next train we hop on is Super Tuesday.